You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Women's Health, sponsored in part by Eli Lilly. Your host is Dr. Lawrence Stryker, Assistant Clinical Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine. Breast cancer incidence in the United States has doubled over the last 60 years of the 20th century, from about 55 per 100,000 women in 1940 to 141 per 100,000 women in the year 2000. In spite of the increase, breast cancer mortality in the U.S. has dropped significantly. This decrease is partially due to improvement in therapy, but roughly 60% of the decrease in mortality is felt to be directly attributable to earlier detection of cancers from widespread screening programs. Today, we are joined by the primary investigator for this study, Dr. Rachel Brem, the Director of Breast Imaging and Intervention at George Washington University Medical Center and Vice Chair of the Department of Radiology. Welcome, Dr. Brem. Thank you. Let's first talk about the woman who's at average risk for breast cancer. Is there enough increase in cancer detection rates and decrease in mortality to warrant the costs of using digital mammography for widespread screening when there are huge segments of the population that aren't screened at all? So full-field digital mammography is not just for high-risk women. It is replacing analog mammography or film screen mammography as it's referred to. It's a technology that has shown to be statistically equal to film screen mammography in detecting breast cancer, except in a few populations of women, and that is extremely dense young women. And in that population, full-field digital mammography, which is a mammogram, which is simply acquired digitally, in that population of women, full-field digital mammography improves cancer detection. I have to add that a part of that is because the algorithms and the physics in developing full-field digital mammography was directed towards denser women, and now there's more work on algorithmic development for women with fatty breasts, so it may be that in that population of women, the future may hold advantages with full-field digital mammography, but that's not the case now. And whether you have a digital mammogram or whether you have an analog mammogram is more a function of the location where you have it than whether you would be referred for a digital mammogram. But I I do want to emphasize that full-field digital mammography is much like taking a digital picture with your camera as opposed to taking a film picture like we used to. The picture itself is essentially the same, except that, of course, with a digital image, whether it be your camera or a mammogram, you can manipulate to optimize the image. There's also other advantages for full-field digital, which is storage is easier. You never lose a mammogram. Not to mention remote interpretation. I think that we really have to emphasize that because, of course, you're at a major medical center. Many women don't have access, and access is really a huge issue. And, of course, to me, the advantage of digital is that you can have remote interpretation. Absolutely. But one of the things that I do want to point out is who interprets your mammogram is probably more important than whether you have a digital mammogram or a film screen mammogram. We know that if you have a dedicated breast imager, that the expertise they bring to interpreting the mammogram is probably more significant than whether you have a digital mammogram or a film screen mammogram. In fact, not probably, but definitely. So what about the high-risk woman, the woman with dense breasts, the woman who has a family history of breast cancer, should she always be offered digital if it's available? Well, whether digital is beneficial is more a function of your breast 
density. And in fact, there's some preliminary data to suggest that now having an analog mammogram if your breasts are fatty may be beneficial and that the cancer detection rate of women with fatty breasts, with predominantly fatty breasts, may be better using analog. So it's not a, it's not a simple picture. But if you have dense breasts and if digital is available, and most importantly, if the expertise of the interpreting physician is equal, then yes, a digital mammogram would be more beneficial. Let's talk about MRI a little bit. This, of course, is a huge issue for the primary care physician because as a gynecologist, not a day goes by without a patient requesting an MRI for screening purposes. And obviously, the MRI is not a practical screening modality for the general population, But do you think it's ever appropriate to recommend a breast MRI as primary screening for either a low-risk or a high-risk population? So it should never replace a mammogram. An MRI should never replace a mammogram. However, in high-risk women, it's unequivocal that MRI finds additional cancers that are not found with a mammogram. But it's very important to define who these high-risk populations are. As you know, the American Cancer Society recently came out with recommendations for MRI screening in certain populations of women. That is, women who are BRCA1 or 2 positive or have some other extremely high risk, such as if they've had radiation therapy for Hodgkin's during adolescence. And in those populations of women, 50% of the women develop breast cancer. I would go further and say that there are other high-risk women who would benefit from MRI screening, women who not only have the BRCA1 or the BRCA2 gene, which the American Cancer Society, of course, recommended screening, but also women perhaps who have a previous history of breast cancer, who have atypical findings and prior biopsies. And I think that screening with MRI or other physiologic approaches in women who are at higher risk is prudent and will certainly and unequivocally diagnose more breast cancers. You're listening to Advances in Women's Health on Reach MD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Rachel Brem. So, Dr. Brem, we're talking about the woman who it's appropriate to have an MRI, and clearly it's complicated, and there are a lot of people who would like an inappropriate MRI. So, do you think that the recommendation should come from the radiologist who does the screening mammogram as to who should have that MRI, or is this something that a recall that a referring physician should make? I think it could be either one. Certainly, if the person who is in, the physician who's interpreting the mammogram is a breast imager and that is their expertise, having a discussion with the patient about the advantages and disadvantages of an MRI screening is something that I personally do every day, multiple times every day. However, it's very important that patients realize that if they do have a screening MRI, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, we find more cancers, but yes, we also find more false positives that may lead to additional tests, may lead to breast biopsies. And so it's important for people to realize that before they walk down this path, that there are two sides to it. It's not all good and it's not all bad, obviously, but they have to be informed and understand that undoubtedly more cancers will be diagnosed, but undoubtedly more benign biopsies will be performed as well. Let's switch gears to ultrasound a little bit, because I think there's also some confusion as to when is an ultrasound indicated, and is this something that should be, again, just advised by the radiologist based on a mammogram, or is there anyone who should automatically have an ultrasound as part of her screening? Well, that's a very interesting question. Whether one needs an ultrasound is really something that the radiologist should determine in terms of workup for a finding, whether that, first of all, anybody with a palpable mass or a palpable finding 
has to have an ultrasound because we know that mammograms are imperfect and that cancers are missed. In our practice and in all practices, women with palpable findings should have an ultrasound. What about the patient who required an ultrasound the year before and then the following year? Do you automatically, you know, we're trying to save someone multiple trips back to the facility. Do we automatically order an ultrasound for her follow-up a year later or, again, no palpable findings They just required an ultrasound the year before. Well, I would say then I would recommend that you order a diagnostic mammogram because then whether an ultrasound is needed will be determined at the time of the diagnostic mammogram by the radiologist, and it will save the patient another trip. It's all done at one time or should be done at one time. So that just because you had an ultrasound last year does not mean that you'll need one this year. Which is something we need to explain to our patients who, of course, request it. Correct. And then as far as screening ultrasound, there is a trial that's going on. The data recently was presented in a preliminary form, and it showed that there is a small but probably statistically insignificant increase in cancer detection with screening ultrasound, but that does result in many more benign biopsies. That being said, all of us who practice breast imaging have numerous cases where we were looking at one thing and uh, incidentally found an adjacent or uh, a cancer in the patient's breast while we were doing ultrasound. So do we find additional cancers? Yes. Should we be doing bilateral screening breast ultrasounds in high-risk women with dense breasts? That is not yet in. But we do know that if we do, we do find more cancers, but we also do more benign biopsies. Absolutely. A couple of special circumstances. We know that mammography may have a lower sensitivity in very thin women. Do you have any recommendations for enhancing imaging in a very small, thin-breasted woman? Well, it's more the breast density, and generally people who are thinner have denser breasts, but not always the case. And yes, if someone has dense breasts, and by the way, breast density is an independent, strong risk factor for the development of breast cancer, then I would try harder to get a digital mammogram. And again, I want to add the caveat that I'd rather have this analog-interpreted by an experienced breast imager than a digital with someone who isn't as experienced in breast imaging. That being said, if you have dense breasts, not small breasts, but dense breasts, then a full-field digital mammogram is probably advantageous. And depending on your risk factor, whether additional imaging is needed will be determined at that time. And what about the uh, postmenopausal woman who's taking estrogen replacement therapy, which of course will have some impact on the density and appearance of the breasts. Anything special for that woman? Well, thankfully, we've seen an enormous drop, a near-complete absence of the number of women who are taking hormone replacement therapy. It's just been very remarkable. The consequences of that is that, of course, many of the cysts and extremely dense breasts that happen as a result of the huge hormone doses that women receive when they get exogenous hormone replacement, we're not seeing nearly as much. And it's caused a decrease in the risk for breast cancer because we know that exogenous hormone replacement unequivocally causes an increased risk for breast cancer. If someone is on hormone replacement therapy, the recommendation is, again, just to have a mammogram yearly unless they have a strong family history. And if that's the case, then even more so they should not be taking hormone replacement therapy. And if hormone replacement has decreased while breast augmentation and breast reductions are increasing... And I suspect that you are going to continue to see more and more, particularly in in young and middle-aged women as they get older. So any particular concerns or recommendations for women who've either had a breast augmentation or a breast reduction? Well, they're very different. In a breast reduction, you know, there's some post-surgical changes. And as long as women have annual mammograms and we have something to compare, then it really isn't much of an issue. In breast augmentation with implants, 
implants that are behind the muscle, or retromuscular implants, really minimally impact the ability to see breast cancer. Implants that are placed behind the glandular tissue, which, are, which is a surgically easier operation, can cause obscuration of a significant amount of breast tissue. In those patients, particularly if they have an increased risk for breast cancer, then additional imaging modalities such as breast-specific gamma imaging or MRI may be very helpful because the implant does not hinder identification of breast cancer. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Rachel Brem, for helping us understand proper screening for our patients. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Stryker. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com or to listen to this interview again, find us at www.reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Advances in Women's Health, sponsored in part by Eli Lilly, with your host, Dr. Lauren Stryker. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, please go to reachmd.com forward slash women's health.